Well, I'm giving you the scoop and the breakdown So we don't have to fight in the morning I got plans to tear up this one horse town And I'm giving you fair warning You won't ever have to wonder about me getting home Or sick or worry over where I've been Cause the night all my good times are coming to an end I'm losing Bubba Brantley's number Cause he gets me in trouble the most And I'll be richer the quicker that I've done it Won't be paying his tab when he's broke Giving up my VIP to the one, two, three Every night I won't be welcome no more And it's goodbye cause my good time Charlie's gone I'll be the man your mama always wanted Losing my outlaw attitude I'm gonna sit on this couch and just cut a widget Baby, I sure do love you I won't be looking for the weekend coming Staying home every Saturday night Yeah, but tonight I'm working on my last good time I like it so you're working on your last good time was this through personal experience that you had to like start thinking this way or what no it was uh i wrote that with a friend of mine named danny trainer and um it was it was kind of like you know here's stuff that uh that you can say to explain it but you you know it's never gonna work it's like hey you know hey baby I, okay yeah when i come back tomorrow when i wake up tomorrow it's gonna be uh it's gonna be different in fact, that this third verse says something. It said, I'm going to be waking up a, a brand new son of a gun tomorrow about a quarter past one, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be different. But tonight, I'm going to get it all out of my system. She ain't going to go for that. And, she then, and, she, and then you end up saying the same thing the next Saturday night. Yeah, huh? it's like, she ain't going to go for that, I'll tell you right now. How, do you, how would you describe your songwriting I guess prowess or let's start with approach like when I listen to your songs and the way that you put words together you're a lot different than what would be on traditional quote-unquote country radio which we'll talk about in a minute but how would you describe the approach that you have to songwriting um well I I think it's like this I've said for the longest time is uh First of all, I don't write songs about me. Now, there might be one or two that sneak in there every so often, but I don't write songs about me, which I think a lot of people get lost in their own feelings and they think that everybody's just going to love it. Well, there's only certain people out there that's going to you know, identify with what you've done. Um, so having said that, I like to try to write what I think other people are, are going through. And I, I'm observing. I just watch folks. And, and uh, so... I've said for the longest, I want to write the songs that regular folks walk up to you and say, man, that's what I was going to say. But, you know, I just didn't know how to say it. But, yeah, I was going to say it like that and uh, like that. Uh, <laughs> but um, that's that's just that's what I want to do. I want people to come up to me and, and say, hey, man, this was that's that's the song that I wanted to write if I could have written a song. And, OK, so mechanically, though. I love the idea about how you don't like you take yourself out of the picture because a lot of people do associate themselves with a lyric. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. So they hear a lyric and they automatically say, "Well, I'm, that's me." Yeah. Oh, like yeah. that song that you just started the conversation with. Like <laughs> every guy's been there. This is my last time. I yeah. promise. But there's way when I listen to you, 
you like throw in words. It's not filler because it's not like you're just trying to get something in there to fill the time. It's more where it adds to it. It's like a, it's like a, a not a momentum builder, but it's like, all right, here's a compound. Like I'm, I'm compounding this thought by saying this, you've said it to where you'll do a line in a verse and then you'll say a real quick line. Like we're going to, you know, I, 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 tri- I booked a trip to Vegas, going to take a hiatus and I'm out there with my friends. And then all of a sudden you throw in the word this, and then the next line you say this, but there's other songs that you sing that you do this as well to where words aren't, they're not where they're supposed to be in the English diction and the English <laughs> jargon, if you will. It's, it's yeah. a different approach. I don't know if you notice it cause maybe it's how you grew up talking. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, maybe just Northeastern Louisiana and South Southern Arkansas, but, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just, um, it, yeah, I, I, I think that I hear other folks writing and that, this is not to get on anybody's case, but I hear other folks writing and it's like, that was just too, too something that did, did, just didn't fit. Um, I'll tell you one. Uh, you know, I love the stuff that Brad Paisley's done over the years, but that one song that he said, "If you feel, if you fail algebra, mom and dad's gonna kill you dead." I was like, only the, you know, <laughs> I know some folks that actually said "kill you dead," but yeah that's just a little too country you know so i've heard a lot of duck hunters down you don't hear the duck hunters out west say that yeah but i've heard that in the south when a mallard dies like oh you killed him dead it's almost like they say kilt yeah they don't even say they killed him dead like killed him you killed him i think he's dead but you know it's just it's adding too much stuff in there but i don't know as, as far as the mechanics it's um uh it it just it has to flow but it also has to be real um, but then it also, it, it can't be, it can't just be, well, we did this and then we did that and then we did this and then we went over there and then we said this and then we said that it has to, it has to go back to some of that old school country writing where, uh, there's, there's meaning almost with every, every little, um, every little word. And uh, I, I give you a prime example of the song that I, I do called uh, I Ain't Broken. Um, there's, a, there's a line in it that says, I throw my last five in the plate at church. And the guys that I wrote it with, uh, Tommy Cole and, and Taylor Goyette, said, and, and pray that that works. You know? And I said, man, I said, tr- really, we've already done all the praying. And I said, the, the real guys would say, I hope that works. And so we changed that one. Instead of saying pray, what you think you would say, because you're at church throwing your last $5 in the, in the plate and you're, and, uh, trying to, cause you're trying to make it. And, uh, but real folks would just say, man, I hope that works. So are you saying in that line as a Southern man, though, and we're going to get to the Southern, because you yeah. grew up the son of a preacher man, correct? Yeah. So right. when you start thinking about church and throwing that last five, are you saying, I hope it works that, man, I'll hope all my dreams and prayers come true? Are you saying that, man, I hope that's enough. I hope that works for you. Like when you oh, give, no, no. when you give a homeless guy a dollar, you're like, I hope that works no, like the, that. The song is, uh, I'm tired and I'm broke, but I ain't broken. And, uh, and it, it talks about being, you know, a working man and, and, uh, working hard and it's, it's needing, you know, needing that blessing to, to pay you your next bills. And, um, so it's it's just one of those things where you've done all the 
you know, the faith, you know, just keeping holding on, you can't, and you're you're finally just like trying everything, and and it's like, you know, this is not this is not about how much you pray or anything. This is I hope I hope something happens if I do this, you know, and start throwing a hook in the water, and I'm I'm hoping you didn't when you didn't try all the other bait, and you know, finally, man, I hope this one works. And, so, so I, do you, have you had a struggle within your psyche to go against the common, the common commonality of religion and being grown up in the Bible belt, growing up in the church, growing up and I would assume a pretty strict lifestyle or, you know, oh, yeah. pr- you know, pretty God fearing family. Is it hard for you to write a song that might go against what would be accepted and I'm not talking about by a gospel group or by a, you know, a church on a Sunday morning, but has it ever, has your dad ever put his head up and been like, Whoa, or is, do you even let your dad listen to it? And I'm not saying that your songs are nasty, but there no. are references in there that go back to rowdy outlawish, you right. know, the, the right. women of the night, stuff yeah, like that. Oh, yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Um, no, I think that he just kind of look, he just goes over those and, and marks them on the CD player and says, don't listen to that one again. <laughs> you know? Um, and, uh, he, he, uh, I don't. I try not to cuss too much in my songs, and that's because of him. He just he has a really big uh, deal about cuss words, and he said if, if you're if you're having to emphasize something with a cuss word, you know, it, I, I don't. It's he's got his uh, the way he feels about it. But I my big deal with the church and um, and the music is I just don't like to mix the two, and I and by me and that is that I never I never would do close out the show or anything with gospel music and it's just it's just not what I do but I but I, I see what you're saying I know what you're saying about the I do talk about some raunchy things and I talk a lot about cheating and heartbreak and and uh, which is in the Ten Commandments yeah <laughs> okay, so this is Ten Commandments stuff that you're singing about right yeah yeah so uh uh I don't know I just what I want my songs to be is I don't I want people to listen to them, and when everybody else is coming down on them and busting their butt about it and saying you know hey man you know you're wrong and you're wrong and you're wrong and they get all this guilt that uh, I just want them to know that there's somebody else that's been out there and been through some of the same things and made some of the mistakes they have, and uh, and it's and and so far man I'm, we've got people. This is a really cool thing. I was with John Schneider, and he took me down to to um, Kid Rock's birthday bash in 2019 in, in um, Punta Cana, Dominican Republic. John and I and, and uh, a few others, we were the only guys on the stage with acoustic guitars doing original, you know, songwriter stuff. Everybody else was just knocking it out with a uh, full band, and and uh, they, were, they were kicking and screaming. And uh, so we get up with our guitars. It was John, me, Jacob Lida, and Christian Davis. And we sit up there and played songwriter stuff and just did our songs. And in this, in front of this big old huge pool of people having a blast and drinking and just, you know, they're, they're in their bathing suits and all this kind of stuff. And when we got done and walked around to the side of the pool, they were... They were just lined up to hug your neck and say, "Man, that song." I mean, big old, big old, strong marine type dudes up there beating on their chest, saying, "Man, you don't know what that song just did for me." And I want to shake your hand, you know. I was like, and so when you when you know that you're 
you're affecting folks and that you're you're reaching people and letting them know that you know hey you can get through this you can you might have made some mistakes or or you might have some struggles that you're dealing with right now but uh, somebody's been out there and done some of the same things and we we can bounce back so welcome to the podcast this life ain't for everybody the guy you hear talking his name is jay edwards i just met this man i don't know five days ago well no that's a lie eight days ago i met him eight days ago and i've heard him play probably i'm gonna say 25 30 songs now um some of them are repeats but we keep asking him to play them and here's why we have a fascination with legitimacy and reality in what we want to bring to the table how we want to live our lives we want to know where things come from whether it's our food whether it's our vegetables whether it's anything that we put in our bible i want to know the stories of the people that i'm sitting there talking with i don't want to learn through everybody getting a like on social media all the time i like to get to the the nuts and bolts of what's going on the fabric of the people that build up these rooms that we sit in and you look around in them and you think about these people that Mr. J. Edwards is explaining in the swimming pool in the Dominican Republic. Um, who are they? What are they doing? Are they just out in a swimming pool drinking beer? Or do they really have a story? Is that guy just out there being obnoxious? Well, no, he's a Marine. He's out here celebrating because he's, because he's just back from some missions or he's just a retired veteran. Like you never know somebody's story until you get down to it. When you listen to Jay's lyrics, they make me think about life. And with the podcast being presented by the one and only Jack Daniels, the iconic Tennessee sour mash whiskey made right here in the state of Tennessee, in Lynchburg specifically, every drop of Jack Daniels. Sometimes I sit back and sip on a Jack Daniels like I did Wednesday night last week and listen to this man's lyrics. And I wanted, the first thing I said to him was, I got to have you on the show, not because it's going to, you know, make me go, oh my God, I got Jay Edwards on the show. We became fast friends and I wanted to make sure that the listening audience and our platform had the opportunity to go push the button that made those people in that swimming pool in the Dominican Republic get up and hug Jay's neck. And it's because that's the reaction you get. That is the reaction you get from real lyrics. And when you, when you sit down and listen to this man sing, I want everybody to understand that he is not have a record deal right now. He is not selling out stadiums and amphitheaters. And that's the issue that I have with this. And that's the re- reason <laughs> I brought Jay Edwards on to this show to discuss the reality of this business. Because, yeah. and I'm going to start off with this. The intro is just, you know, I just wanted people to hear your voice in a little bit. We're going to get back into your story more. But with your talent level, and your ability to get those your neck hugged by those people and the reaction that you got from guys like me or my brother or Anna the, and Corey and these people are like, holy shit, what the f-? like we're like everybody in the booth the other the other day in the booth. Everybody's like, what? Who's this? Yeah, yeah. There's a difference. There's a difference. OK, there's there's no doubt. Like when Leith Lawton says, I won't sing after the man. He's oh. not kidding. And I know that you're humbled by that. Yeah. But there's a lot of people that said that you just don't sing after when Jay goes. So I got to, I got to start off by saying your inner psyche, when you work a room like you did two nights ago and you got all this noise going on over here. Okay. Those people weren't there to watch you. Right. You were asked to get up and sing some songs. Yeah. How hard does it get to do that when, when people aren't paying attention to your genius? 
Uh, it, it, it used to be really, really hard. Um, and thank you for that. I, I caught that. You're genius. Um, well, I think it is. It truly is. Well, like you're, That's where I was trying to get with your songwriting is that it's not it's yeah. not the run-of-the-mill, what I call cubicle country that's going on on 16th and 17th Avenue. And yeah. we're going to get into why in the hell isn't it more your style out there. And we're going to talk about our friend Chris Stapleton that has your <laughs> style and gets a little radio. He's getting a little more radio support now, but yeah. it took him years to break through. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the other night was a little different. Um you know, then the first time you heard me, we were there, and uh, just there was an after party um, that was uh, that was going on, and, and uh, so we uh, we kind of got they had their deal going on over here. Um, it used to bother me a lot, um, but I think last uh, or a couple of nights ago when I did, I just I knew that there were some people in the house that that were there for a totally different reason. And uh, and so you know Bobby was playing and and uh, Tommy Perkins was playing and nobody was really I mean that group wasn't listening to them too so but somebody in the house was and that's what you have to focus on well, I, I knew like that, that you guys were there and uh, and and I knew that uh, that there was somebody there on the kind of on our level where we were at and they were they were listening so it it takes a minute to just kind of uh, yeah to set it aside and and say but th this is i came for these people you know i might not have come for those people so i came for these people but i think there's a lyric in uh <laughs> i'm not a songwriter but when you said somebody in the house was there's yeah. a play on words there of the house you live in and you might be talking to yourself but jesus might be listening <laughs> and now you're in this house that you're calling like these this place like right here that we're sitting yeah. you would call this a house when you're playing it yeah. Somebody in the house is listening, even though some people in the house aren't paying attention. Yeah. There's something in that. That's kind of a, a cool um, resemblance of different <laughs> places we call houses and that yeah. somebody in there is listening. But <clears throat> uh, we, we can do it like this. It's like when I first came to Nashville, every time you'd say something, somebody would say, you going to write that? you going to write that? All right, I, I'm right that. Because I'm going to write that down. Yeah, yeah I'm well, right like, that. I, 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 I just think that it's kind of, I just think that it's a cool, I, I mean, I'm not a songwriter. My brother's getting into songwriting. I've written like four songs. I have two of them on iTunes. Oh, cool. But I'm not a songwriter. And I yeah. always tell people I'm envious of songwriters that can take a story and put it into three and a half minutes. Yeah. There are longer ones out there like American Pie that is long but it's badass and with the some, hook and everything a right? lot of mine are longer than that too. <laughs> yeah you have a lot of, of songs longer than that but when you start thinking about the confidence it takes to move up here you're 50 years old you're in your 50s 53 <clears throat> yeah you're not some young whippersnapper chris no. stapleton was in his mid-40s before traveler came out mm -hmm. the steel drivers he'd been playing nashville for years leading up to that um but he's not traditional country either. His lyrics aren't traditional country. Right, right. Do you, I keep looking at Dean Dillon, like that picture intimidates the <laughs> shit out of me, right? Like, like that thing shouldn't be up there. Like he's one of the greatest songwriters of all time. And yeah. I just keep looking at Dean Dillon, but what, what does it take right now? Talk to me about your everyday approach to this business at 53 years old. You're not, out here singing pop country. I doubt you're in putting your cell phone up on selfie mode and taking a TikTok video. <laughs> I, I don't know what it's going to take 
for people to hear this music? Do you have that in your mindset still? Or what is your everyday approach right now? Because to me, when I heard you, I'm like, this dude ought to be the biggest thing in freaking music. Yeah. Um, well, it, it, it's disheartening a lot. And, uh, you know, I mean, man, I, I have to get up every morning and, and uh, just like the guy that knows he's going to dig ditches and that's, that's what he's going to do, you know. I mean, now... Uh, I used to roof houses, and I said, I don't want to go back to that. And, and uh, man, it took everything you had to do just to get out of bed and go, go, uh, you know, roof, put a roof on a house. Um, sometimes it's like that. Sometimes it's you're, you're going and you're going, and uh, I hate playing to empty rooms, but it happens. And sometimes and, um, this business right now is all about how popular or uh, how famous you are already. Um, you know, we, we're in a, in a struggle right now just with booking, and, and uh, my publicist called me the other day. I finally ended up with a publicist, and he called me yesterday, and he said, um, hey, man, he said, I'm, I'm calling people and talking with booking agents, and he said, I'm getting a lot of people saying, let me stop you right there. And he said, nobody wants to put boots on the ground, and nobody's breaking new artists. Not the venues, not management. Nobody's breaking new artists, taking them from nothing. Most of these people, I was talking to Corey a little earlier, and I said, it's it's all in, you do it yourself first, and then we'll step in and take the credit and say, oh, look what we did with you. And uh, and that's that's the toughest thing, man. But the truth of it is, I, I love what I'm doing, and I want to be doing exactly what I'm doing, just on a bigger level. And I love going to little honky-tonks and hooting nannies and sitting there and and playing and if that's a if it's a full house there and and I got people crying or getting up and dancing or you know if they're laughing at some of the lyrics if they're if it's something if I've still got those guys coming up and say man you really hit me in the heart with that we say something sometimes that says if if these songs um, you know hopefully the the songs will um, uh, now I can't even think. Of it. Hit you in the heart, smack you in the head, or kick you in the butt. You know, one of those. If it if it doesn't do that for you, then I'm just making noise. And um, so I want to just be doing what I'm doing on a different level. But I, I can see in ten years from now, if I'm if I'm still not if I'm not playing stadiums and stuff, but I'm staying alive, playing music and doing doing what I do, then. I'm okay, you know. I'll be doing it. I want to. I want to be on a bigger level. And and you mentioned Chris Stapleton. I, I I think he's opened the doors for some of the older guys to come back. And and I actually think that it's time right now for a revival of some real music and some old school music. People are tired of this grocery list of songs and where it just. Well, isn't it incredible to you? Like if 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 you had some of the greatest songs in my opinion in the history of not just country music, but music, okay? If, oh, you, yeah. if you take, like, That's the Way Love Goes, or if you take any Don Williams song, if you take good old boys like me, it ain't getting played on the country radio. Right. And that's what's so weird. Like, how how can this city that you drive through, and it's called the home of country music, Music City, USA, Nashville, mm-hmm. Tennessee, home of the Grand Old Aubrey, the Mother Church, the Ryman, and then you turn on the radio and you're like, that shit should be in a nightclub, in yeah. Vegas. And that's what blows my mind all the time is yeah. that I would never take something away from an artist that has talent or was classically trained in, in his or her vocals or might 
pick up a song that hits with an 18 year old person but everything seems to be based on a crowd that's going to run in here watch tiktok go to a festival drink a bunch of white claws and these cheerleader beers right that i call right. them and and not really understand what country music was built on of the of the Hank seniors and then you get into the 70s which was an awesome time of country music but it still wasn't the most popular genre out there and then you have the outlaw movement and right. then you start getting into the late 80s and you got the hat pack and you got Tritt and you got Tracy Lawrence and Mark Chestnut and you got Tracy Bird and you got the guy that became Garth Brooks and then went off and became something that <laughs> is, is a little bit different but I oh, love what man. Garth did for country music yeah. but I'm looking back on what I grew up with, and these songs, I don't even know if Garth Brooks' Rodeo or Friends in Low Places would be played on country music today. And he helped build country music. Right. Oh, yeah. And for yeah. sure, Travis Tritt songs wouldn't be played. On, and Mark Chestnut, Too Cold at Home, yeah. not a chance. And Joe Diffie, yeah. there's no way that shit gets played today. Yeah. So what is the, what gives? Um, I, I think it's, I think it's a uh, kind of like these television shows stuff now, you know, the the Voice and and um, American Idol and those things they're not they're not in the music business anymore. It's a cash grab system, and they're just looking for ratings. And it's the same thing with the venues. There's no places to go, and you're, you're even here in Nashville. We have to fight to try to find a place to go to get original music and um, uh, original music, but that's tried and true. Right now, all the songwriters uh, things that you go to here in Nashville, you're going to get somebody that just popped up they're 19 years old they've been in nashville a week and a half and these are the two songs that they've written and 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 that's what you're gonna get you don't get you don't get dean Dillon or or you know bobby pinson playing at these uh songwriter deals it's it's just this nashville's become a mecca of people going there to get their start not to take their 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 career to the next level they're going to start here they just they just started playing guitar six months ago, and now they end up in Nashville, and you walk down Broadway, and within 15 minutes you got a you got a gig, you got a job. Now the same thing is with the venues. The venues are not they're not looking for something to build and to say, man, in two years if this guy starts coming in here playing tonight, in two years this place will be packed out every time he comes to town. They're not doing that. They're saying, I got a band over here that plays cover songs and they play the same cover songs that every other band cover band in the country is playing and that they're playing overseas and across the world they're going to play the same thing and it's an easy dollar for me because I know that when they start playing Fishing in the Dark people are going to jump up and they're going to start dancing but it's not the nitty gritty dirt band playing it yeah no could you imagine actually going to a nitty gritty concert and hearing that shit but nobody even knows who the nitty gritty dirt band is that comes to nashville today that's right i don't even know who's saying that song why would they you know why would we go see that we can go see this guy these guys play like a human jukebox i mean the the biggest thing here in nashville now as they walk in it's almost like they got a tip jar attached to their hip and they walk in and they say play freebird well it's a hundred dollar song and and it's the first words out of their mouth is what do y'all want to hear what What do you want to hear what do you want to hear what do you want to hear it's like i want to hear a show that you prepared at your house and y'all practice on and you worked on it doesn't happen and you came out here and blew my mind be, it'd be so no, awesome but now they they travel to music city usa the home of a country music where the greatest songwriters in the world have, have like literally penciled and pinned songs right within a mile from where we are right now and you right. know within 10 miles all over this area yep but they'll flock into and i love kid rock i love bobby ritchie i love mm-hmm. what he does for music i love his yep. live show i love his honky tonk right 
and I love the guy that's his house band. He's a dear friend of mine, Dean James, who's one of, he and if you and Dean James teamed yes. up, and I mean this, if you and Dean James Jr. and Green Corey and all these original <laughs> guys, but yeah. you and Dean are so uh you resemble each other because Dean is an old soul. Yeah. Dean will kick your ass on an original. <laughs> but yeah. people want to hear him do Prince because he's so talented he could go to Prince or he could go to Led Zeppelin. But they don't go in there to listen but, to what Dean James really is. They flock in there to listen to him sing Hall of Notes. Well, I want to hear Daryl and John sing Hall of Notes. Yeah. But why would you come all the way to Music City USA just to hold a drink and listen to cover songs? Okay. Well, I'm I'm going to I'm going to take you down a different road. Watch this. So, I went down um some years ago, uh, Bobby Dim did a thing down there, uh, Bobby J, Bobby J Johnson, and they did a thing at Whiskey Bent and, and Bootleggers and all this. And so that's how I got introduced to them, some kind of a battle of the bands deal. And Bobby said, hey, we want you to come play. And, and I went down to, to Bootleggers and started playing every Sunday from 11 to 3. And I told him, I said, I'm coming in, I'm going to play my original music. And they were like, no, you got to play Bob Seger to get them in the door. And I said, no, I don't. I'm going to do my original music and let's see what happens. And so we ran for about five years. I quit February of 2020. I quit because we were just about to go on the road and really do some cool things. And uh, Before the flu got here? Yeah, I actually quit right before it got here and before the the uh, some other stuff started downtown. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll leave that alone. Um, so for five years we ran there. Every Sunday we packed the house out on at bootleggers. And with tourists from all of, not just all over the United States, but from all over the world. We had them from Ireland and the UK and Spain and you name it. We had these people coming in. And they, I heard the same story every time. And it was like, I came to Nashville because it's Music City. And I was looking for the new thing. What's coming out new? Who's the, you know, for the songwriters and something original. I've been here eight days and I've heard the same songs that my cousin's band plays back in Wisconsin. I could have just stayed in Wisconsin. So I know we've blamed it on the tourists, but the truth is, and I'm, I get on the musicians and the venue owners here in Nashville, we've trained the tourists as soon as they walk in with that tip jar mentality. I call it the tip jar hustle. And we've told them, hey, what do you want to hear? What do you want to hear? And they're like, well, this is the same as it is in Columbus, Ohio. You know, I... I just tell them what I want to hear, and somebody's going to get their phone out. If they don't know the song, they're going to give me a crazy, crappy job of some song they don't even know, but it's on their phone so they can get by with it. And they spend $20. One of these days, somebody's going to come up in Nashville and say, how did I spend $500 last night when my tab was only 100 And they're like, you kept feeding 20 bucks into the, some guy to play Fishing in the Dark or Wagon Wheel or whatever. But I'm going to tell you this. I mean, I, I've never had a problem with people that come up and say, you know, we get a drunk every so often that says, play country roads, play country roads. But um, let's see. After I left y'all, uh, was it just two nights ago? Yeah, yeah. Tuesday night. I left y'all. I said, well, I got to run by the scoreboard and see my boys over there just real quick. And then I'm going home. And so um, – I walked in and somebody said, hey, Jay, come up here and play. So I walked up and played four songs over here at the scoreboard after I left you guys. So I played three songs and a girl walks up and she says, can you play Bob Seger? She said, we love Bob Seger. My sister loves Bob Seger. And I said, ma'am, I just do the songs that I wrote, but how about this? 
I'll, I'll play you a song I wrote for Bob Seger. And she was like, really? Oh, yeah, okay, sounds good. And she put her money in the tip jar, and I said, now, Bob never called me back, but I wrote this song for him. <laughs> and she started kind of giggling like, oh, really? And I said, I'll tell you what. I said, if you don't like the song, I said, you can have your money back, and I'll, I'll put the tip in the tip jar. And uh, she said, okay. And I went into uh, Young Again, a song that I wrote um, and put on the Cold record. Let me hear a little and, bit of it. All right. And if this ain't a Bob Seger song, I'll eat your hat. I ain't right. going to lie to you. So Now, this is one of them long songs, too, but... Let me tell you the end of the story first. <laughs> so the end of the story is she comes up after the song's over and she says, I love it. My sister loved it. We love that song. That's a great Bob Seger song, even if he didn't ever cut it. And I said, okay. So so, so they did. They paid attention. They loved it. They paid attention and loved it. So here's your long Bob Seger song. It goes like this. out west on that slow moving train running scared with my high stakes poker game my daddy's old acoustic guitar and just the clothes I was wearing somewhere eastward to San Bernardino the rhythm of the track started calling to me so I strummed a chord real low right no one could hear it Busted snail kept that old backbeat going. Passenger swayed with a ticket man, played along and became the band. While we all just wrote our own song without anyone else even knowing. Oh, to be young again. I song about a southern gypsy girl With dark red hair and the skin of pearl And I catch myself smiling and wondering Would she even remember? Oh, how that girl put a spell on me And I begged and begged her down on my knees But she held my face and she cursed me So I would never forget Oh, to be young again, to be young again, on that midnight train to Jordan, yo, we were young again, oh, how the music played as we rode and we rolled on through the night, it's lost in their own memories and in the moments of their life. I swear I saw that gypsy girl waving as I looked down through the window pane, and she was gone again, and we rode on again. We were free again.
Yes, we were free again. Going anywhere that old train would take us just to be free again. To be strong again. Oh, to be strong again. Standing on shaking and unbroken. We were strong again. God dang it, man. <laughs> it's so freaking powerful. Oh, man. There is a lot of secret in that. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> did you, you like really like rap? How the music rap played. <laughs> that song's badass. Well, thank you. You know what's weird? I was thinking this when you're singing, Jay, is that we're so geared now in like what's on the radio right like that's mm-hmm. there used to be a thing called an album there used to be a thing oh, called yeah. a cassette tape where <laughs> when i was a kid i dissected this shit like yeah when i got appetite for destruction or quiet riot mental health i don't know if you were allowed to listen to this stuff in your house i wasn't I, I, but i snuck it yeah i snuck, I snuck it, around okay? uh, you, me and you we snuck I, around. I had charlie star on here from blackberry smoke <laughs> and he told me he told me I had to sneak. He goes, I found this Dio tape one time last night. I said, Ronnie James Dio is one of my favorite singers of all time. I sit in there and listen to Rainbow in the Dark and all this stuff. And if my dad or mom would have heard it, they'd be like, oh, dude. But I got I, caught with a Beach Boys tape one time. And yeah, that was even the Beach Boys. Like, like Brian, yeah. yeah, like Brian Wilson and those guys. They were a little bit. They were a little bit, uh, you know, out there. in, in as far as, sure. but when you when I started listening to music, I would open up. And I would read the credits and I would yeah. read the lyrics and the songwriters. And I remember looking at Appetite for Destruction and be like, who the hell is Saul Hudson? And who the hell is Bill Bailey? Oh, and yeah. I'm like, oh, that's Axl Rose's real name. Oh, that's Slash's real name. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. holy shit. Like there was, there was something about it. And where I'm going with this is when we go to a concert now, and this goes to your theory of people coming to Nashville and all like, hey, play me Bob Seger or play me, play mm-hmm. me you know, Joan Jett and the Black Hearts or play me, whatever it is. Even when you go to a concert, people don't want to hear the new shit because they're so geared towards that single or that hit. That right. when, when, when I go to a Zach Brown show and he plays Colder Weather, the whole freaking world stops. Yeah. But when he plays something off the brand new record that hasn't hit, but yeah. he has a lot of pride in that he wrote and him and Coy or him and Clay or him and Jimmy or whoever put that, those words down. The, the crowd's just like, well, holy shit, hurry up so you can get the chicken fried. And I'm like, what kind of mentality is, we've built that mentality into the yeah. listening audience because it's so easy now just to stream it and get what you want right away. I used to listen to the whole album, the A side, the B sides, which people probably listening to this don't know what B sides are, but there yeah. was, you know, but I used to listen to it song for song. Mm-hmm. And when I listen, when I hear Dio now, people are like, well, what's your favorite song? Last night, I'm like, no. Well, what's your favorite Guns N' Roses song? It's got to be Paradise City. No. It's songs that you've probably have never heard yeah. because you never listened to the full thing. So I don't know if that rings true with you, but that's the mentality well, of the listening audience now. Yeah, but that's, I mean, that makes me even more aggravated is because we're, we're still having people that come out, and it might be because they don't know. <laughs> I don't have any singles out, you know. No, there's no... Nobody's hearing my stuff on the radio, so when everybody hears me, they're hearing me for the first time if we're doing a festival or something. But um, but we, man, I mean, this is not bragging or being facetious, but 
this is uh, this is what I do. So if I end up in the main room at Florabama, and uh, we got f- fans and friends there, I say, hey, this is a new song that I wrote. Then, I mean, I'm getting them where they shut up and listen. They're like, every time I see you play, every yeah. time I see you play, it's 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 people stop in their tracks like a deer in headlights and yeah. turn their head and go, who the hell's that? Even yeah. in that noisy ass convention room, right. it was different when you got up there. And I, I notice it. Like, I have an eye for this shit. I, I remember lots of artists that have played in that booth and people would be like, yeah, it's Nashville. And yeah. then when somebody gets up there and, and hits it like it's supposed to be hit, yeah. they're like, holy shit. And that's, I always say this, is like, when I get on, when I get on my soapbox and I'm like, okay, so you're telling, <laughs> you're telling me that somebody in Nashville, somebody has the power of this button that is going to tell us what country music is. That's what happened. Yeah. Somebody somewhere took this prerogative to say, I am the authority. I'm the mayor of country music. Right. Hits this stupid-ass button, and all this shit comes out of these speakers of like, that is Britney Spears. Yeah. That ain't freaking Reba. Right. That is not Lori Morgan. That is not Pam Tillis. Yeah. That is that is not the, the, the women country I grew up on. Mm-hmm. Okay, so don't sit here and try to tell me that it's country. You can say it's music. Yeah, but it deserves. It should be on another channel, right? And that's the right. whole deal: is that it all got pigeonholed into this bullshit that became country music. Again, yeah. I don't want to take talent away from artists because they're all good at what they do. They're just not country. Yeah. A lot of them just aren't country. So, when I start thinking about the, the the getting stopped in your tracks, is why in the hell when I'm in my pool in my backyard, okay, and I'm going off on a little soapbox here. Yeah. And I play Corey Michael, or I play Brent Cobb. I've played Brent Cobb for thousands of people. Yeah, that never heard of Brent Cobb. Yeah, Leith Lofton. Yeah, I, I, I can keep going if you want. I got a yeah, lot of artists. I'm, I got I'm a lot of artists. You. I like and those every, guys. you know, you know the reaction to it. Who in the frick is that? Yeah, that song I just heard, "Shine on Rainy Days," one of the greatest songs I've ever heard. That is like that's like John Lennon is yeah. like that's what Brent Cobb is a a, a genius songwriter and people yeah. are like why why have I never heard this and I go because it's not on country radio right and, but my question is if all hundred people at this pool party agree that Brent Cobb is not a badass then why in the hell is this dude in Nashville that has the power of the button not agreeing <laughs> with them either they're the listening yeah. audience why are you only agreeing with this little subculture of teeny boppers that are going to rush in to a, a festival you know why because it's real you got to follow the money yeah. you got to follow that, the money that's and, it right there that's the money it's the so money. you're telling me that brent cobb isn't commercialized are you serious you go listen to luke bryan sing tailgate blues and then go listen to brent cobb the man that wrote tailgate blues sing tailgate blues yeah. it should have been the cut on the radio i love luke bryan luke bryan can sing a country song even sure. though he went off on this tangent and did some wacko shit like knocking boots that should have never been out there <laughs> should have never been allowed to be released okay i'm probably gonna take shit for saying that but knocking boots is a dumbass song it's not country right why would Luke Bryan go, holy shit, I'm country as hell. I can sing the shit out of a country song like Tailgate Blues, but I'm going to release Knocking Boots? Are you freaking kidding me? Like, where is the mentality? It just shows you that that guy pushing the buttons going, Luke, if you release Tailgate Blues, I'm not going to push the button for you. You got to release this bullshit oh, yeah. over here. Well, I mean, that, that, that's the, it right there is that it's, uh, it's other people and they're dictating what, what is being played out there and what's being done. Um, I had a meeting uh, with a, yeah, I probably don't need to say it, but I had a meeting with a, a major in 2018. Yeah, don't say it because I'm already in trouble. Yeah, for this we're in trouble. Um, and they said, well, this is what we're going to do, man. We want you to come in and do our songs, and we've got some songs for you, and we're going to, you know, let's test them with the, the test groups and everything. And this was right there at 2018, and I said, man, do you know 
that I've got an album coming out, and it's probably one of the best things come out of Nashville in 15 years, and it's coming out in two weeks. And they were like, well, what we'd like to do is we'd like for you to, you know, do this and hold off on putting that record out. Because, you know, it took us, it took 18 months for Luke Bryan to get to where, from where he was to where they wanted him. And uh, I might have just told who it was. Um, but, and so I said, I'm not Luke Bryan. And that was the end of the, that was the end of our meetings. And uh, we, you know, it was done. It was you over. You just walked me. away? Yeah, they just walked away because I was not willing. I don't play the singles game. We're putting out this new album. Hopefully, as soon as we can get it, just the final mix on it. And um, it's it's everything's done except for maybe a, one more organ track on uh, on a song that we came back. And Do you have a name it. for the album yet? Yeah, it's called Running on Fumes. Yeah, and, I like uh, that. Yeah, it's a song I wrote with a buddy of mine, Brian Ray, and I wrote, wrote with my daughter, uh, Cricket Davis. And so, Have you heard this song that – this is a question I got for you. I don't know how much country radio you listen to because I don't listen to much. But yesterday we were in an Uber. Or an Uber – I don't know where I was. I'm not going to act – I never know where I'm at in Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> Everything just runs together. <laughs> but there's this song on the radio being played called Nashville, Tennessee. Okay, Chris just releases it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I went back in my head. I'm like, holy shit. When I was driving to Talladega in October from Nashville with Leith Lofton, Leith said, Hosh. Leith always does it. Hits you in the show. Hosh, yeah, you got to yeah. hear the song. Hosh. I mean, I remember sitting in a little Toyota Tacoma at, at least at this parking lot at this gig that Leith was getting ready to do. He goes, Hosh, have you heard this guy? You got to hear this. This is probably like 2008, 2009, 2000, probably 2012. He goes, you got to hear this. And it's a steel driver. So I go, who the hell is that singing? Yeah. He goes, that's this dude named Chris Stapleton. He's tearing up Nashville. Oh, yeah. So Leith has always got this ear. So Leith plays this song in October, rolling down to Dega, called Nashville, Tennessee. And I'm like, what the hell is this all about? He goes, he's, he's moving out of Nashville. He put his place up for sale. He's moving to Florida. He's over this shit. I go, really? <laughs> and I'm like, well, why would he? do that he's never going to get that on there they're playing that on the radio now and i'm yeah. like all that song is doing is tearing down what nashville tennessee has become that he used to shut down bars with you now but he can't yeah. do it anymore we've we've ran our course you have ruined my dreams you've tore down my buildings <laughs> it says it right in the lyric and yeah. they're playing that and i'm like do they know what are they trying to tell nashville well, something or do they not really know what that song's saying this is this is my take on the whole thing with with stapleton and i, I love him to death I, I don't know him i've never met him but i love what he did and what he did was he just stuck to his guns did his thing and and this is the story kind of the way i got it it was that when some of these young guys that came in that had connection from back before, um, let's just say Thomas Rhett, who had, you know, his dad was here. So he knew of those guys. And, and, and some of the younger guys coming along said, yeah, but there's that guy over there named Stapleton. I was hearing about the steel drivers years and years and years ago. And, and I remember people coming up and saying, hey, man, can you play Stapleton, Chris Stapleton? And back even before Tennessee whiskey, and I was like, I don't really know who that is. You know, that's a dude that he's got this band, the Steel Drivers. Oh, okay, I've, yes, I've heard of the Steel Drivers, and 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 so he was writing those songs and people, but he was known around town. And he stuck with his thing. That's what I do. But here is the thing I think with Stapleton, and a, a few years back, a buddy of mine, this is about 2017 or whatever. Uh, we did a songwriter's deal together. His name's Drew Smith. He co-wrote the song, um, uh, the uh, 
long way from lonely tonight with me. The one that you were talking about, uh, trip uh, to Vegas for a little hiatus. And yeah, I love one. that song. Okay. What's his name? Drew his Smith? name's Drew Smith. And uh, he was out there with Don Williams and uh, um, Merle Haggard and, and ran with Jamie and, and uh, all those guys. And he's a young guy still, but Drew and I uh, were doing this songwriters thing, and, and he told me after it was over, he said, Jay, if you keep doing what you're doing, he said, you're going to force Nashville to reckon with you. They're finally, one of these days, they're just going to have to say, man, somebody's got to do something with that. And I think that's what happened with Chris. I mean, that's my opinion. So don't nobody well, call Well, I him. remember what had happened. Well, they, put, they brought him out and they put, what are you listening to tonight out? And it got to 41. Mm-hmm. I, watched, I watched the charts every week. And I'm like, that's not anywhere near the Steel, Steel Driver song. Why in the frick is that song right now? Look, I'm yeah. not saying that he shouldn't be proud of that song. But that was, and then when the Traveler hit, I was in Fort Lauderdale going fishing for mm-hmm. Marlin and, and Sailfish. And my buddy Brett Cannon goes, this is the album of the year. And I said, I agree 100%. And boom, it got album of the year. Every song from Traveler to Parachute to every single thing on there was, yeah. was like what Jamie Johnson was going to be. Yeah. Like, because Jamie's the baddest ass country music singer of all time, oh, yeah. in my opinion. He's yeah. my favorite of all time. Yep. He's genius. He is a band choreographer that cannot be touched. He's always stuck to his guns. He's been hard to deal with. He's been outlawed. But right. here's the thing is that every single person from George Jones, because I met the possum in, uh, in Mississippi, in Biloxi, at the Hard Rock Casino with Jamie on a friends and family night, I got to sit right behind the possum and his wife and watch him watch Jamie Johnson do a five-song George Jones tribute. And I'm like... This is the coolest shit in the world. Oh, yeah. He could be up there, like, telling everybody, like, hey, George Jones is in the audience. He went and mastered these songs where right. George Jones was crying. So I, I look at it like what Jamie has done and what, what he's done for the industry. He's just like you. He didn't, he's like, I ain't doing that shit. Yeah. I'm not doing it. And yeah. now he's got this reverence. He's got this, 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 uh, this crazed out Willie Nelson cult fan base oh, yeah. that will follow him wherever he goes. He sells out everywhere he goes. And when he gets up there, he's just Jamie. And right. he doesn't let the, he doesn't let anybody dictate what he did. Did he have a number one hit with color? Yeah. Should about 30 of his songs been number one hits? Hell yeah. Like he's, right. the, he's unreal. So when you talk about guys like that, that I've watched come up and do what you're doing, all I can, all I can revert back to is that song of Nashville, Tennessee, that if, if people are noticing the direction that the city's going and they're willing to say it out loud, mm-hmm. then why isn't the button pusher going, holy shit, we yeah. have, we got a force to be reckoned with right here with Jay Edwards. You literally are so powerful on stage. You would think that somebody would be like, he's going to be filling up the room. That, yeah. That's what we got to, that's what we got to hang our hat on right now. And, and, and somebody somewhere has got to be like, I don't know who it is. I don't know if I have the ability to be like, you know what? I'm going to move Music City to this part of the country. We're going to yeah. start a new one. Like, like let's start a new one. But you can't, you can't mess with what has happened right here in the in the in the right. in the city, the circumference that we're at right now. Yeah. So what? Where do we go if if we know for a fact that your style is not being played on the radio, but people are saying that's what it needs to be? Right. That's where we need to be. I'm saying it. I've heard a lot of people this last eight days say it. What is what are your plans right now? Well, this this is my strategy. My strategy is when I'm here in Nashville, when I have the time. Well, first of all, just to keep putting out records. I don't do the single thing, and I'm not out there saying, "Hey, listen to my single. Here's my single." And I'm not I'm not the guy that sits here and holds on to one song for four years trying to get that on the radio, and um, and doing that. But what I am doing is I'm going out and doing grassroots concerts, and I'm going where the people are, and um, you know I. 
I, I, and we just did a thing in Texas, and I ended up in some places that people were like, what in the heck are you doing here? And, uh, and I said, well, you know, we were just in the air. And they said, but nobody comes here. Nobody comes here to play for us. And, uh, you know, in the middle of BFE Mississippi, and, and I go and play those things. And, and I think the, the thing is go to where the people are, go out there and play for the people, put on shows, get, get sponsors that are ready to get back to, um, right back to grassroots concerts and ready to get in this business and change the business until Nashville finally, and not just Nashville, but LA and New York and Texas, and you know the whole scenes those different scenes come along and say we got to do something with these guys you know i mean think about uh, ray lamontagne how how did that happen and you know and because just got out there with people and and they got to to uh to where the people were and the people were listening to them and they were finally like calling the radio stations i know this for a fact I might have had my names wrong on, you know, some of this the stories before, but with the deal with Luke Combs, I played in uh, Morgantown, West Virginia, the weekend after Luke Combs was there before Hurricane blew up and Fort hit, and uh, and I'm I'm not lying to you. They, the little girls were running up to us. Little girls, they were drinking age, but young folks were running up to us and saying, "Hey." Uh, Nashville ain't country no more. There ain't nothing in, in Nashville country but Luke Combs on it because Luke was here last week and he told us there wasn't nothing in Nashville country but him. He was the only one. And he told us to call the radio station and tell them, and all 200 of us called the radio station the next day and told them, said, Nashville ain't putting out country music but Luke Combs is and y'all better play Luke Combs. And we did it. That's what we did. And that's that's what happened. He was it playing. Worked. It worked. He went up there and spit in a cup and said, Nashville ain't country. You know, I'm the only thing country. And somebody said, hey, he's the only thing that's country. We got to get that on the radio. And they went out there and did it. And that's my plan is to go and just keep doing what I'm doing, but see who I can get involved to do, make it on a bigger level, a bigger scale, reach the folks and, and go out there. And, and uh, you know, man, I, I know. I mean, I've, I've opened for some of those guys and, and been in the, some of the same places. When I was talking about being in Dominican Republic, Jamie was right there. That's what brought me back to Jamie was I'd seen him do some stuff, and it was like, yeah, I don't know, man. That's not, I'm not really into that right there. But when I saw him play at, uh, at Kid Rock's birthday bash there in 2019, I was like, smokes, man, this guy is on it. I mean, from leading the band to – the music and just the whole thing—it was awesome. And 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 I, but I, I, I jumped off the subject. But I've opened for some of those guys. You mentioned Charlie, and and I've opened for Blackberry Smoke, and uh, and I've had the people, you know, come to the merchandise tent later on and hang out with me and say, man, you know, this is this is where you need to be, and we're we're glad to have you. And I'm not being facetious. I just I know what I can do. I've been doing this for a long time. As soon as my mom and dad could. I could hold a microphone. They stuck me on the platform singing, and and I've been working crowds and moving with crowds and stuff for my whole life. I know what I can do. I know that I can write the songs that uh, not just from my experiences, but from other people's experiences that I've observed, and uh, and I can write the stuff that that uh, that move people. And I I can sing it. I know when to get quiet. And I know when to get loud. I know what I know what I'm doing. So, um, so are there are there such thing in your mind of the two words desperate measures? And the where I'm going with this is in our lives, if the timing doesn't feel right, 
desperation sits in. Mm -hmm. If you really want to date that girl and she said <laughs> she won't give you the time of day, some guys, well, I'm desperate. I'm going to try something that's really out of the oil. I'm going to light myself on fire yeah. and I'm going to run through the hallway and I'm going to get her attention. All right. Yeah. Like desperate, right? Right. Does that ever sit into your mind, Jay? Like, do you ever sit back on a couch and be like, God oh, damn it, man. I've been doing this since I was, my mom and dad put me on a platform when I could hold up a microphone. Like, how desperate does one get or how down does one get emotionally in, in your psyche and mentally, really? This is a huge mental deal. Confidence and mental and the mentality that goes in to keep going when nobody's like saying, we agree with you. We're taking you out on tour with Stapleton or you're going to open yeah. for Jamie on this whole run. Like, you already should have been doing all that shit. Yeah. In my opinion. So how, how does that fit in? We're going to end this conversation, besides the songs, on a lesson in life on aptitude thresholds. A lot of people don't know what thresholds are. Right. You got to get past them. Yeah. You got to get past thresholds. Yeah. And then the mentality that it takes to keep going. There's a lesson in life that, that, that people can learn in a career like yours right now that you got it. You're better than most. Yeah. But you're not there. It's almost like <laughs> I know I'm a good baseball player, but I didn't play the politics right, and I didn't make the team because mom and dad weren't big enough booster donors. Right. I've seen this shit happen. It happens yeah. all the time, and in, in, all the way down in, like, kids' sports. Yeah. All right? So where do you sit right now with your mental aptitude of being able to persevere through this more? Beat these thresholds. Have the tenacity. These are all life lessons. Your yeah. career is a lesson in life. And either people look at it like that or they just go, ah, shit. We'll go see him when he gets big. No, yeah, there, yeah. there's got to be a lesson in here that, you, that you're studying right now or that you can talk to me about of where you're at psychologically because this has to kick your ass sometimes knowing how good you are. Yeah. Um, you know, we try not to say desperate and, uh, and uh, you know, especially when you're trying to talk to somebody and, um, uh, you know, about business or, or music. And, and, but when the whole business is going – you know, well, let's look at your markets and we'll see where your markets are on Spotify. And you're like, I, I don't need help in the markets I've already got on Spotify. I, I'm, I'm doing that. I need somebody to go out there and, you know, just need somebody, a, a town crier to go out there and, and tell everybody. Um, so we don't want to sound desperate. You know, we say, oh, I don't want to sound desperate. But the truth is we are. We're we're in a spot. I'm 53 years old. And, uh, and you know, I'm also at a place where, some of these guys don't want me to go out on the road with them. And you said it earlier. They said, uh, uh, my friends joke oh, hey, with hey, me and I say, that's the crazy shit you got to deal with. Like, <laughs> but, why would somebody take the chance? I know. It. I, and so I'm, I, but that's the, let me break from it. That's the weirdest thing is because all I want to do is hang out and meet new people and play music with them. Yeah. But you're a dream killer. Yeah. Well, you could I, be. I mean, but I'm not. I mean, I promise you, if, if somebody, maybe they're not, I mean, how good they are. I'm the guy that's up there and say, hey, y'all, check out my buddy. This guy's doing awesome, man. If you, you know, and, and that's that's the things I want to do. Um, when I go out with, with John Schneider and Cody McCarver and Keith Burns, if if we're doing a show together and, and they're mouthing about, you know, me being a great singer or whatever, I say, well, I'll tell you what they got that I ain't got, and we'll hit that, you know. Pull me, pull me. I can't even do it in that key, but, you know, and Keith's, they've got number one hits, man, so there's something that they can add to it. Um, yeah, so we kind of ran down a, a rabbit hole, but the truth is, is, yeah, we are desperate, and uh, desperate measures do 
uh, call. I mean, we have to do it in these desperate times. And that's why I spend my time out there on the road paying the band and walking away with $25, you know, in my pocket. <laughs> from well, I, these I, would, I would rather listen to, <laughs> I would rather listen to an 87 year old Willie Nelson than yeah. the shit that's on the radio today. Oh yeah. So I keep mean, that, in mi- keep that in mind that age is not relevant here. Like, right. right. Like, I keep telling Lee Lofton, I'm like, dude, you are one of the best musicians I've ever seen. You yeah. can pick, you can write, you have a character like Jerry Reed. Like everybody's like, well, Jerry Reed, he's that guy that was in the water boy and the Dukes or the, the Smoky Mountain. I'm like, no, he's one of the baddest ass guitar players and vocal. Like he's a stud, and exactly. country, but nobody knows that shit unless yeah. they really like break down who he was and, and look at his Wikipedia. But yeah. Leith has got all them pieces of that puzzle. Yep. And Leith's just like, you know what, Hoss? I just want to sit around my campfire and I want to watch other people blow up. I don't need it. And I'm like, yeah. that's a crazy mentality because we need you. Right. Like, I won't go to bed. I tell Leith all the time, I ain't going to bed until I listen to one of your songs today. <laughs> and he's that good to me. Yeah. But he's got the mentality of, like, it's okay. Right. You have the mentality that you want to press and you want to get it, but you want to do it through realistic, legitimate lyrics yeah. and the approach of, like, hey, when it's my time, I'm going to do it. I truly feel in my heart that somebody has to grab onto you and put you on a stage yeah. and start being that what you call the quote unquote town crier of like, hey, look, yeah. this is Jay Edwards. Yeah. This is Jay Edwards. And it can't just keep happening right here in the 615. It's right. got to start getting. And I know that you go other places, but yeah. I'm out west and I've never heard of you. Yeah. Okay? And I've been coming to Nashville since 2000. You hear that rain? Is that oh, rain? This one? Yeah. Good freaking night. Is that rain loud or what? So <laughs> I, I thought it was I, air conditioner. I, so did I, but it's freaking raining. Yeah. And it's. We're going to have to take a boat down to the show today. So I want to be, you know, I want to put it out there that when people hit the button to listen to you, based off of whether they heard you here or they heard you in the convention or whatever, I want them to keep in mind the story of what's going on in the inner circles, that not everything is what it seems. Not everything is the way that it needs to be. And the guy that's pushing that button, in my opinion, needs to start paying attention to you. There's got to be what we call the revival. Big Rob Snyder's been doing the revival at the Tin Roof for a long time. I love Rob's stuff. I love what he's done with what he calls the revival, the 615 revival. It's got to be done. Things have to come back full circle. There's got to be the sustainability factor that when you look at sustainability in the world and what goes on on a farm, okay, and and the seeds go in the ground, and then it grows, and then it's harvested and then the people are eating the corn and the white tail are eating the corn and the ducks are eating the corn and the coyotes are eating the ducks and the mice are dying because the vegans want this shit but the tractors are <laughs> killing all this stuff there's got to be this i want people to think about sustainability and you've yeah. proven that sustainability works you come you plant the seed yeah you watch it grow yeah it grows a little bit slower so you got to add more water to you. you need a little bit more sunshine you need a little bit more applause you need a little bit more of the things that it takes to grow this right. tree of this career of jay edwards and it's going to happen just like Corey sitting right here the dude's yeah. a badass too oh yeah. and Corey's going to make it Corey's yeah. only 36 though so yeah. i look at Corey. And i'm like you better hurry up and get some shit going because <laughs> like when you turn 40 but he, the reason i said that is that he's going to meet a girl and he's going to get married and he's yeah. going to have kids and then it's then you start having all these teeter-tottering effects of how how do I balance out life? We've already talked about t- in today's uh, in today's conversation about we touched on a little bit. I should say is that you got to be able to balance life. You got other people to take care of. You have a family. So how much time do you still put in at fifty three before yeah. somebody finally goes? You well, better take your ass and get a real job. Does that still happen when you're fifty <laughs> three? I don't know, but I know that if I I've heard mom and dad be like, okay, 
quit dreaming and go get a real job. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Well, we've. Uh, I mean, I'm in a place now that uh, that I am making. You know, with just the little stuff that I do, I'm making enough, and uh, and we take care of our bills, and, and I'm getting there, and we're we're moving on. The sponsors have helped. Um, so yeah, I, I ended up with a, a beard endorsement before I ever got a music endorsement. So with Honest Amish Beard Products, they're good friends of mine. I'm, I knew I saw you on that movie, Kingpin. Yeah. <laughs> You're on. So, um, but you know, to, the the thing about it is, is that you got to know that the system, the system is not in the music business anymore because music business is longevity. So what the 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 system is nowadays is making celebrities we're making people famous you got people out there famous they don't do nothing they don't they're not good actors they're not good musicians they're just famous somebody made them famous and celebrities and so um with zero credibility yeah nothing nothing and that's that's the problem when people look at my numbers now they're like oh you're not famous enough for us to go to work for you nobody wants to put boots on the ground the booking agents don't want to do it the managers don't want to do it i heard a guy um back a few years ago that said the artist works for the manager the manager doesn't work for the artist and uh and you were talking about you know people pushing these buttons and there's a lot of guys out there that somebody told them you're going to do this you're going to do this you're going to put that song on the radio and that's what you're going to do and they have no control you know you need need to go on tour with i just figured out we're going to talk to him today so aaron lewis Really? And I know you know Aaron. I don't know if you know Aaron. Yeah. I talked to Aaron this morning, and when you just said that, it reminded me of what he did with George Jones yeah. on the Country Boy song. Yeah. I have I, I have to I have to say this to end this because I, I we, me and you me and you we go, go for all, all we're, we're gonna have to go yeah. all day. But here's the deal: <laughs> we are gonna come back with part two. Okay. I love what you do. When yeah. I when I was laying on the couch last night, you can ask her. I was laying there, and I'm like, dude, listen to this shit that Jay just sent me. We're gonna put this, and she's like, I don't get the first verse. And I'm like, it means this. And she's like, oh, but he should have said it like this. And I'm like, no, he said it how Jay Edwards says it. And then you sent the next song, Chiseled in Stone. What's it Uh, called? Heart of Stone. Your Heart of Stone. So your Heart of Stone. And I'm like, I play. She comes back out of the room, and I go, was listen to this. And she goes, holy shit. And then I played it for Ben, and Ben's like, holy shit. How come I've never heard that song? Because of the way that you brought the the whole thing's full circle of swinging a hammer swinging a pick digging ditches being a working man and then all of a sudden i still got to go home and figure out how to chisel on your heart of stone like (laughs) like that is the coolest shit ever like that's so clever i like it i didn't think it would make it to a record but that's a badass song we play it real quick please yeah oh yeah well i work an eight day week For more than 10 hours a day Dead on my feet when I get home Can't go back to chipping away At your heart of stone So 
doubled and uncovered. That was that's God, tough. That's so good. Need to cut out these little solos, but here we go. Now you're good. Well, you keep telling me no. You don't want me to hold you, but you don't. So like clever in the words, the wordsmith and Corey, you like that? I love that. <laughs> that song should be a hit. Yeah, I think I so. Know, I know that I'm preaching to the choir, but man, I wish I was the guy. I need to find that button. Yeah. I really do need to find that button because somebody, I, I sat right here the other day and did a podcast with my songwriting hero, mm-hmm. Chris Knight. Yeah. And people hear Chris Knight all over everything that we do. And I've often talked about his career of coming here in 97 and meeting Frank Liddell and writing songs and putting out his album and having framed and having down the river and having it's not easy being me, which by far is one of the greatest songs ever written. Right. He's like the guy Clark of, (laughs) uh, in my opinion of Kentucky. And he told me, he's like, I just packed up my truck and left because I didn't want to do it anymore. I went back to the woods in Kentucky and I just yeah. kept writing songs. And then all of a sudden you hear people like Miranda Lambert go, he's the greatest songwriter ever live. And then yeah. George Strait's like, we need another Chris Knight song. And there's all these like superstars that, that, that pay him homage because of what he did. Right. But the, there's, there's similarities in your guys' career. Beca- and that's another guy that you need to be out on the road with is Chris Knight. And, oh, yeah. and, and his library is so unbelievable. But when I hear songs like that, I think about the way Chris Knight writes. Right. And if you, if you listen to the way he puts words together, it's different. And I don't care what people say. It's different than what's on the radio today. The oh, yeah. shit that's on the radio today, a lot of it, and I hope that songwriters don't get pissed off by saying this, but it's called cubicle country. It's just a bunch of robots in cubicles writing these songs and passing them oh, down yeah, and passing yeah. them down. And who's, who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? And then you have geniuses out there like Eric Church that can actually go into a room and say, I'm going to write this song, and it's going to be country, and it's going to be me. He's never compromised. Yeah. Still to this day, Eric Church is not compromised. And not do do I agree with everything he's done? No, but I'm a huge fan. Sure, the dude is too. he's genius, yeah. right? Um, there are there are musicians out there that have compromised to do what's termed and coined popular right now. Right. And I think right. that it's taking country music down what you call the rabbit hole a second ago, 
that we need to find that shovel that you're referring to in that song you just played <laughs> and dig up this rabbit hole and start a new trench yeah. and start a new pathway for these rabbits to go down because it's not country anymore. No. It's not Wayland. It's right. not Will. And I know that things transition and I know that things change and I know that things evolve, but this is country music and this is tradition. This is yeah. heritage. There, This is storied people that have set the groundwork. There are trailblazers that set the groundwork that are freaking rolling over in their grave right now oh, yeah. because yeah. they're going, what in the... I didn't pay all my dues for this bullshit to happen. Right, right. So we better get back to what Waylon wants to hear yeah. instead of what I was going to say an artist there, but what Sheila wants to hear. Okay. Yeah. In California on the beach, I'm yeah. tired of it. I'm oh, yeah. over it. And I hope someday somebody goes, you know what? They were right all along. Jay Edwards is the baddest mother effort on the face <laughs> of the earth. He's going out there and him and Jamie Johnson are going to bring country music back to what oh, it should I'd be. Thanks to. for being on the show, brother, man. Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. I know we could do this all day long. Good. Oh, I promise you. We'll come back with part two <laughs> and Jay's song that yeah. you just heard heart of stone will be the new song, the new intro song. For our new, I guess you guys might listen to our sister podcast, The Foul Life. We have a new series coming out of The Foul Life called Righty Tidy Lefty Lucy, because that's what my dad used to teach me how to use tools. <laughs> this is the Crescent Tools podcast, Righty Tidy Lefty Lucy. It's going to be hosted by yours truly and my good friend, Hal Schaefer. He is a badass. He's in NASCAR. He's in hunting. He has a show called The Drop Zone on the Outdoor Channel. But we're going to be hosting Crescent Tools, Righty Tidy, Lefty Lucy. And Jay Edwards' song, Heart of Stone, will be our intro song on every episode you hear that. Download the song. Go on Spotify. Find Jay Edwards. Not J-A-Y. J, the letter J. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J. What is that? Like the ninth? Tenth. 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 Yeah, because I know H is the eighth. I should have known that. The tenth <laughs> letter in the alphabet. Just J. Edwards. Find this man's music. Go see a show. Call your radio stations. Just like we tell everybody with my boy Ted Nugent, my dear friend Ted Nugent. If you want something changed in government, then call your senators. Call your assemblymen. Call your mayor. Call your governor's office. They're going to start listening to you. But you can't just do it once. Call your radio stations. Write in to SiriusXM. Tell Buzz Brainerd whatever those shows are on the highway. Classic, uh, the Outlaw Country stations on SiriusXM and all of, your, all of your streaming devices out there. Tell them you want to hear Jay Edwards because he is a bad mofo. He's going to become one of my favorite guys. I can't wait to hear more. Can't wait to get him to know him better. This has been another episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody podcast. Thank you so much for the downloads. Thank you all for the subscriptions. And thank you so much for supporting the partners and sponsors that support us can you believe that we're going on year number five with jack daniels we got big news coming out of lynchburg tennessee jack daniels tennessee sour mash whiskey enjoy it responsibly never ever allow underage drinking i'm chad belding we're going to go out with jay edwards sitting right here at the nashville palace thank you bobby johnson thank you barrett hobbs thank you nashville tennessee for rolling out the red carpet again for us this is my favorite song that i've heard because i am a hunter i like living off the land He's going to sing about a duck blind. He's going to sing about a deer stand. He's going to sing about a lily pond. When he said that, I almost flipped out when I heard it. Did you not? When I heard this shit, I was, I just, when I heard this song, I was like, gosh, damn, I'm a nothing if I can't write a song like that someday. Jay, take us out. Thank you for being here, my brother. Can't wait to see you again. All Said my duck blind We can drink a little homemade wine Ain't no telling what we might find Might even shoot a duck Show you how to make a duck call You can wear my coveralls Cuddle up just to pass the time Come sit in my duck blind Come 
said, my dear Stan, well, I'll be your hunting man. We'll build a fire and a coffee can. I might even see a buck. Show you how to spot a buck rug. Dress you up in the camouflage. Here, yeah, baby, let me warm your hands. Come sit in my dear stand. On tape to the woods, to the swamp, to the creek, and I'll be on. Hunting, fishing, riding, swimming, girl, get your country old. Down the trail, to the lake, over yonder in the old cane break. Won't tell you where to get this good, I won't take you to my hood, mama. Won't take you to the woods, yeah, yeah. That's my favorite part right there. I love it. Come sit in my John boat. Take you out to the honey hole. Cut the motor and let it go. We might even catch a fish. Show you how to hold my fishing pole. Kick back and let your bobbers float. If you're hot, you can take a soap. Come sit in my John boat. Ah, baby, that's how country does it. Fishing poles and guns, we love it. And big mud tires on trucks come up inside. Hey, let me show you how a little country boy survives. <laughs> come wait in my lily pond. Cut off, send your waiters on. We can have a little country fun. We might even gig a frog. Show you how to hold my gig pole. Sit together if you get cold. Sneak your home at the break of dawn. Come wait in my lily pond. I wanna take you to the woods, to the swamp, to the creek and down beyond. Hunting, fishing, riding, and swimming, girl, get your country old. Down a trail to the lake, over yonder in the old cane rain. I wanna take you where the getting is good. I wanna take you to my hood, baby. I'm gonna take you to the woods, to the mud bog, to the creek and down beyond. But from gigging, get your redneck on Down a trail to the lake Over yonder in the old cane rain Wanna take you where the getting is good I wanna take you to my hood, mama I'm gonna take you to the woods Where the getting is good in my hood I'm gonna take you to the woods Come sit in my John boat Come sit in my dear stand Come sit in my duck blind <laughs> Oh, that was good. Thank you, brother. <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. That's so 